Okay, if you have your Bibles, be turning to Acts chapter 13. And also, just as a reminder, too, for those on uh, Zoom, just if you would, just double check that you're muted. So we're going to be starting a new chapter this morning, and one of the things that, that I want to take the time to do is, before we start drilling down into the actual verses, is we're just going to kind of do an overview of this chapter, which is going to include reading all 52 of these verses. <laughs> and so, because I want you to just kind of get it in your head, I want, you know, the things that you're learning in your First Timothy Bible study, uh, essentially, we approach this from a preaching standpoint much in the same way, okay? And so I want you to kind of consider these things and also consider if you're not in one of our First Timothy Bible studies that you would do that. Um, man, we are, we're having a great time in God's word. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to do those things. You know, as we were finishing up with that last week, uh, we looked at Acts chapter 12, and remember, we saw three things that we kind of said, okay, these are some things from, from Acts chapter 12 that we can take away. And the first thing from the verses 1 through 11 was God's sovereignty. And we saw that in just in how God dealt with James and Peter very differently. On one, he allowed the death of James, and he allowed the imprisonment, and then eventually escape of Peter. Well, that's very different outcomes, Right. And that kind of shows us something just in terms of the Lord gets to decide uh, when our number is up, so to speak, to be crude about it, uh, but also just in terms of how it is that he's going to uh, deliver us and what obstacles we may face, right? Then we also saw God's proximity in uh, verses 12 through 17. And that uh, dealt specifically with just the Lord's love and his heart for Peter and the ways that he was just reminding him, hey, I'm here. I love you. I got you. I got this situation. And remember, Peter was like, and I know it. I'm good. I'm taking a nap. <laughs> you know, I'm good. Whatever you decide. And then we saw his authority just in terms of how he dealt with Herod by the end of that, of that chapter. And so what I want to do now is just go through this and eventually we will have up on the screen just a breakdown kind of of the chapter, just so in your mind, it's kind of in four sections. Uh, but I want to just read it all just so we can kind of get that. And then we'll get into what it is in terms of thematically what we're looking at and then what truth we can gain from, from that. Okay, so if you have your Bible, it's not going to be on the screen. Get out your phone so that you can be looking at God's word this morning. <clears throat> Okay, so it says in verse one, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Maen, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also, excuse me, had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the isles into Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, 
who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But uh, Elmas, the, so the sorcerer, for so he is named by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness. Man, uh, what titles? <laughs> I would be walking away at the, by the end of that. He would have been looking at the back of my head. <laughs> Wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. I hope, like for me, that things are just firing in your mind because some of these words we have read already, there are things that are familiar to this just in terms of the dealings. I'll mention it later next week, but just, it is kind of like a mirror right now, just in terms of what's happening, okay? So you have to go back. I'm not even gonna tell you what chapter to go back to. <laughs> you just gotta go back, okay? And this is why I want you to be paying attention. Let me do a little, a little shameless plug here for a moment. <laughs> So with our, with our Bible studies, now guys, we're in Acts, so you know some, the, the Bible study we're in, the book we're in, we're going to be coming up against some of the cities that are mentioned for Timothy, where he's from. You're going to see that. That's going to be coming up. Okay, but also another shameless plug is we're going to, uh, Brother Sean is going to make, um, we're going to get some notebooks, and we're going to make those journals, rather, that's a better term, journals these journals so that they can be purchased so that they can uh, subsidize our events. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything with the money. I don't, I don't need it, but we do have families that maybe need that just for when we're doing stuff. Cause I want all of y'all there whenever we're doing anything, I want everybody. Right. And so we're going to have that. So the reason he's doing it is because he's an artist. And if you don't know that Sean is an artist, he's an incredible artist. And so um, he's going to be putting that together. Sean, maybe we can have like, different ones for different times of the year whatever you want to do brother just so i'm just telling everybody that okay journal write these things down because you should be writing notes down in your in your bible and your journal of the things that we cover so you can look back at it it's important you get truth every every week okay anyway so back to that where was i verse 13 is that where i was okay verse 13 <clears throat> now when paul and his company loose from Paphos, they came to Perga and in, in uh, Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in, in uh, Pisidia and went into the synagogue on a Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. And the God of this people of Israel choose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt and with a high arm brought him, he them out of it. And about the time of 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Chanan, which of course you guys know is Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet and afterward, they desired a king. Isn't that sad? There's a lot of he, 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 and they desired a king. That's problematic. We'll see that. 
Well, that's later. That's, I don't even know what week that'll be. <laughs> we get to that, but we'll get to that. And God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. And now check it out. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a savior, Jesus. Very important. When Jesus had first preached uh, before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. I love this verse. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whoever so among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. I love that. I mean, it's just like a big... A big hug. Come on, y'all. Everybody. Everybody listening. You know, I love that. Okay, verse 27. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. Ugh, this is a little familiar to when Stephen was talking to these guys. And Verse eight, and though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher, but God raised him from the dead. And he was seen in many days of them, which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings. I love that. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God had fulfilled the same unto us, their children, and that he raised up Jesus again as it is also written in the second Psalm, thou art my son this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that, he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. You guys remember last week that uh, James, Pastor James had mentioned those things to us. We'll kind of talk about that again once we get there. <clears throat> it's very important. Which verse am I in? Oh, 35. <laughs> Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto the fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin, and by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. I mean, we are, this altar call ought to be packed. These statements. It's, I mean, what he is, it's good. <laughs> this is wordplay, what he's doing right now, man. This is incredible. And so now it says, of course, verse 40. Beware, therefore, lest thou come up th that come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers and wonder and perish, for I work a work in your days, and a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came also the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken of, spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. 
Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it off from you and get, listen to this, this, listen to this and judge yourselves unworthy of un everlasting life. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Guys, do you really, okay. So the Holy Spirit's wording right here is incredible to me that it is saying that a person would deem themselves unworthy of everlasting life because of the ease by which it is in front of you right now to accept it. Do you understand that? That's tremendous. Tremendous. How could any of us deny what is being freely given to us? Man, and that the Lord has defined that as that we see it as unworthy of everlasting life. So I'd rather have life that is short and miserable. That's the opposite. Wow. 47. For so hath the Lord commanded us saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles that thou shouldest be for salvation until the ends of the earth. Listen to this, man. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorify the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and chief men in the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they shook off the dust of their feet. I hope the gospels are ringing in your head right now from that statement. There's three gospels that have that, that same statement. And you ought to go back and look at that. I'm not even gonna tell you where it is. <laughs> Gotta do, this, gotta do the work, man. But they shook out the dust off their feet against them and came into Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. And so guys, that's gonna be the chapter we're gonna be in over several weeks. And so here's the, um, the context simply is this. This is just Saul and Barnabas's first missionary journey. Okay, and so uh, just in a simple way, but now we have a chapter breakdown, just in case you guys want to go back and look at this. So you'll see that Paul and Barnabas are sent out in verses one through five. You have the sorcerers of the Isle of Paphos, six through 12. Paul's message is from 13 to 41. And then the people's response, 41 through 52. And here's and here the thing that I want you to pull away from this chapter. The theme is in the spirit. In the spirit. You see a, a mention of that almost like it's in the background, but I'm telling you it's in the foreground of what's happening. If the spirit is not at work and not moving, none of this is taking place. None of it. No words are being said. Nobody's getting on boats going nowhere. Nothing is being accomplished. Nobody will end up with joy. And so the spirit has to be at work. And that's going to be the thing just in terms of there are three key verses to this chapter that I want you guys to kind of be focusing on as we look through them. They are verse two, verse 26, and then verse 52. Okay, and that leads us to a walk, a witness, and the way. A walk, the witness, and the way. So you got to, in order for me to walk, I have to be properly, I have to be in the spirit. 
In order for me to be the right kind of witness, I have to be in the spirit. In order for me to follow the right way, I have to be in the spirit. And the one thing that I want to very much try to just destroy for you is that you do anything in the flesh. I want you to see the victory that's on Paul, who, unfortunately, just because that's how we think, we have made a hero out of him. Whatever he's doing is just being faithful and obedient, and we could do the same thing. We could be the same thing, do the same thing with whatever obstacles that we may face. And I know that there are a lot of blessings that the Lord has given us. We need to start seeing our spouses as blessings, our singleness as blessings, our children as blessings, the jobs that we have, how our, our, the nature of our health, all those things, you know, okay, we got, but let's not be so distracted by those things that we attend upon those things. And then we just tip God by kind of doing the things that we're supposed to do. Because that's going to be me trying to mix the flesh and the spirit together. The Lord is chief and principal to follow, not secondary. And so it's critical for us to just kind of understand that. And so let's go back into a walk, a right walk. In verse 2, it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost says, separate me, uh, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called unto them. See, it can be seen that you are in the spirit because it involves work. It's not enough for me to just have T-shirts that say I'm in the spirit. <laughs> right? I mean, a little bit. Christianity has been reduced to something that is good for clothing lines, little catchphrases, bumper stickers. But I'm telling you, if I'm going to be in the spirit, I'm going to walk rightly. That's visible. People can see it. So let's go back to that verse and look at it again. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost says, separate me, uh, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called unto them. In Ephesians 4, 1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. You have been called. And if you picked up the phone on salvation, don't put the phone down. <laughs> there's a further conversation you don't just yeah oh, sorry click <laughs> who does that that would be the rudest conversation ever I know who it is and now I'm going to hang up no you can't do that see I, I don't want us to look at Paul as a hero but somebody to follow and just an, a, a, an obedient man I got to follow I could do, I'm not going to have the same work because it's not the same day and age, but I have work that I have to do that allows, if he had to walk in the spirit, so do I. If he's going to be a right witness, so do I. If he's going to follow in the way, so do I. Just because he's an apostle doesn't put me off the hook. And that's, we're going to talk about that a little bit here when we get there. In Colossians 1.10, it says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See, there is something even more so than just doing the work. The Lord is looking for some returns. Now, that's on him. That means, though, listen, I got to engage the spirit to do that, though. 
If I try to do things in the flesh, all I do is frustrate it. It makes me want to give up. And what we're going, when we dig down in these verses and we kind of drill down over the next coming weeks and you look at this, I'm telling, listen, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is giving Paul these words. He's telling him where he can go. And we're going to see that very much over the rest of Acts. If this is the book, that is the book where you are watching human beings have a kingdom focus and find success doing that, then you have to pay attention to the details. See, right now, I'm just giving you an overview just so you can, when you look at the chapter, you see it right. I want you to see, be looking for, where does it say Holy Ghost? Find those verses, highlight them in your Bible, highlight them in your, on your apps. Because you need to understand that the Holy, the Holy Ghost is very active. Very active. It's not this nebulous thing that a, a little bit, it's like we don't understand it. Now at our church, we have spent time making sure to explain that. If you, if you haven't been through discipleship, you will very much learn how it functions, how it works, when you get it, why you don't have it, all of those things, right? But I'm, but I'm telling you, Christian, don't let your, uh, uh, boy, I wish I could say the word familiarity. <laughs> I did. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I was, I was going to say it again. Nope. <laughs> I don't have another one in me. That was one. We're done. <laughs> so that word, don't let that being so familiar with your faith just make you try to do things in the flesh because you're used to doing it. That's dangerous. You guys remember the story of AI and Joshua and Jer Jericho, weirdest battle ever. We just going to walk, we are dressed to fight. We're going to walk around, shout at the right time, and then the walls are going to come down. That sounds ridiculous. It worked. So now from that victory, we're just going to go and get some guys and go to AI and get 36 of them killed because we didn't ask the Lord. See, that's the thing. I don't want, I don't want you to get in the habit. I know you've been through discipleship. I know you've been through LFBI or currently going through it. I know you've been through D2. And there might be some things you're like, man, I know this. And I'll just kind of, no, listen, desperation for the Lord to be at work. Desperation for the Lord to be at work. What new thing do you have for me today to do? What thing do I need to continue doing? Lord, is my heart right on this matter? Are these the kind of questions that you're asking the Lord? Because if not, they need to be. When I'm looking at this, I have to consider Am I in the spirit? Because it's very easy. I know how to study and be up here and then just get up here and then I could just perform what I'm doing. And then the Lord can be, what are you doing? That's terrible. And guys, there are preachers across the city that are doing that. So I'm not, just because of my role does not mean that I'm, I'm guiltless from this. So when I'm looking at this, I'm like, I need to take heed to the warnings because I want the same kind of victory. We know what it is, how the Lord feels about Paul by the end of his life. This man was a threat <laughs> constantly. I love that about him, a threat his whole life. Well, once he got saved, <laughs> he was a threat in a different way, <laughs> threatening. <laughs> See, listen, Colossians 4, 17, not only, okay, is being in the spirit is something that's visible and it's tied to work. Colossians 4.17 says this, and say to uh, uh, Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord. Why? That thou fulfill it. The Lord is looking 
for you to complete it. When we are called and sent, the expectation is to finish the work you have been started on. So are you doing that? Are you doing that? Because I'm telling you, those blessings and our circumstances do not opt you out of that. You might have for a time stubbed your toe. 2020 was like stubbing your toe on a glacier. <laughs> so you might not have been able to walk around it. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to stub your toe on this little deal right here. But a glacier is like, I, I can't get around that. So I might be on the other side of it. Okay, so this is no condemnation for me. It's just a reminder to you, get at it. <laughs> you got work to do. See, Paul knew what his work was and did it until he was told to do, do it somewhere else. Notice and pay attention to at the very first part of that verse, it says, as a minister to the Lord, was he sitting there doing nothing? When he's ministering to the Lord, he's doing the work that the Lord has called him to do. He's just not doing it on these other places he's going to eventually do it at. So sometimes it's kind of like the things that are in motion tend to stay in motion. That's why you got to listen. If you have set out, get to work. Start working again. Get involved. Man, you got a chance to be involved in this class. It is my heart's desire that every man in this class owns some detail of this class. Whether that's AV and Zoomlandia and the PowerPoint or the coffee or what else do we do? Or the security. Is that it? and set up the chair, <laughs> I don't know, ask Sean, because he's a class manager, and that's his job to know all of those details. So fellas, if you're not helping us, I'm inviting you into that space to do that. Talk to Sean, every guy. Now the ladies are like, man, what about me? Well, listen, I know something about my sisters, nieces and daughters. When the ladies do something, they just do it so well, they take over. So I want the guys to do it because they got to set the mold. That's why the guys are doing it. They got to set the mold. And if they're going to serve me, then guess what? They're going to serve their wives. They're going to serve their children. They're going to serve the church. They're going to serve the community. They're going to serve at work everywhere. I have a plan. That's the plan. Every guy. Zoomlandia guys. You can do run the Zoom and the PowerPoint from at home. So come on. If you're walking in the spirit, don't just tell me that. I want to see it. It looks like something. It has a, a specific look to it. Just remember that. Now, with witness, and I said verse 26, this is really cool right here. With witness, in verse 26, it says, men and brethren, you know it, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. In the Greek, that word is martyr. And the thing is, we got to look at Paul's testimony because there's something important that you have to understand about that. When he's saying it, okay, there is kind of like a, a double meaning to it. So now Paul's testimony in, in Acts 26, 15 through 18 says, and I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Oh, it's his testimony right here, right? But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. So I delivered you. Okay, now you're going back out there. 
Why am I doing that? To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan and the God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Oh. So now listen, there's a, another side note in terms of this witness and his apostleship. Now you have to understand that his apostleship is legit. And in Thayer's Greek lexicon, it says this, with these apostles, Paul claimed equality because through a heavenly intervention, he had been appointed by the ascended Christ himself to preach the gospel amongst the, amongst the Gentiles and owned his knowledge of the way of salvation, not to man's instruction, but to direct revelation from Christ himself. And moreover, had in, invinced his apostolic qualifications by many signal proofs. Okay, so you could, if you studied that improperly and didn't just go all the way to the detail, you can look at that when he's saying of himself being a witness, like, well, I'm that opts out because I'm not an apostle. I don't have to do that. Oh, but you do. Second Timothy <laughs> 2 2. And these things that thou hast heard among of, of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who should be able to teach others also. Okay, now, so listen. If you are anti-title, you had better be careful. Because the thing is with that, when people are like, oh, I don't want to be pastor, you have deemed that title something as if now you get to opt out of your call to obey. This is why we have to be careful with how we view titles. See, the one thing is, is may, let the Lord decide what he will have you be. You are already a son of God. You're a saint, a Christian, an ambassador. So how are you doing at those titles? But when I have one that I don't want to do and I don't want, I, it, all it does is it keeps me stuck in a spot where I don't move forward. Because the thing is, is like I'm, I'm, I'm sabotaging my walk to make sure I don't fall into the pastor. L listen, uh, it's the Holy Spirit that decides that in the first place. So you don't have to worry about being, the Lord will move you around to where you need to be. So we should just trust that process. But the thing I don't want you to do now is get so jacked up on this that you just somehow opt out of stuff as if you don't have the same responsibility that Paul does. It's the gospel, it's discipleship. It was the same for him, it's the same for us. So that's the thing, see, we gotta understand something about that. Paul knew that. He knew the key to a right witness was the gospel and discipleship. Not only was it gonna be the information and how he received it, but he was gonna tell it as it had been told to him. So we should do the same. This is why we, we weigh so heavily in discipleship in D2, because we're trying to tell you foundationally what it is that thus saith the Lord, so you will know it for yourself. Why? So you will tell somebody the thing that you just learned. Guys, our excitement comes from you getting excited that you learned something in discipleship you didn't know. How many times did you go to churches prior to coming to this church and just hear stuff fly over your head and you're like, I have no idea what they're talking about. And somebody say, how was church? Church was good. What did he say? I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> right? So what kind of witness? Because there's a right witness and a wrong witness. There's only one way to do this stuff. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make to you. It's in the spirit. 
not in the flesh. I don't understand how people get on these doctrinal weird spaces. It's evident when I'm not, you know, I, maybe it's because I don't, I'm, in, I'm kind of a simple person the way I think. And so I just trust the word for face value. And I, it says what it says. I'm going to go, oh, yeah, okay. But I, it's probably because I go to a church that tells me how to understand context and compare scripture with scripture. And so I don't end up in one verse and then make, just change my whole life <laughs> on one verse. Uh, now I'm gonna look somewhere else. Is it somewhere else? Is it over here? And then and then I'm gonna throw out this court. What dispensation is it? Oh, well, I definitely learned that here. I didn't know that in the churches I grew up in. Be the right witness. Be the kind of witness that gives the platform like Paul gets, like these, like these apostles are getting, like Stephen, who is a deacon, like he got. When he, get, when he got the platform and, and wished to speak to the religious rulers, he said, thus saith the Lord. And it was true, so true, they killed him. Don't, listen, I would rather, I would rather you fear the Lord from disobedience than the fear of the title or where you're going to end up. Don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. I may ask you to be Bible study leader. We have some... Some, some things that I, that metrics that we want to use where you're being faithful to that, that essentially out of this group that we have currently now that's leading, if we're going to move forward with new leaders in that, that we, okay, let's, let's go through the counseling class. Let's, let's have D2 down and then let's launch out there. But let the Lord decide that. Don't be so afraid of it. You just opt out of it. Cause man, you miss out on everything that God has, has planned for you. And remember, he started a work in you that he means to finish in you. And he's looking for some good on his return. Right? The last one is the way. And, and, and just stick with me for a second here. In verse 52, it says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. And I want you to look at something here on the board. We probably have that Psalm 9510. It says, 40 years long was I agreed with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. And you know, the thing that pains me about that is God's grief in this verse. So one you have to pay attention to is an entire wasted generation. There's a value of life and very much for everything that he had moved around in order to make sure that Israel ended up where they did. The whole thing was to get everybody out and to have them all follow him and love him and obey him. And guys, for 40 years, he had to let them make the decision ultimately that we will not follow the Lord. In his eyes, that is a waste. That's a waste. So I'm, I'm harping on that to tell you something. If we are the household of faith now, and I'm not getting to my father's business, it is a waste. That's grievous to our Lord. Don't waste time. The other thing was having a hardened heart. You know, he says there, it is a people that do err in their heart. And if you go back to that in, in, in uh, Psalm 95 and look at the verses above it, you just see more detail about it. I told you, like, this is... It's kind of like one of those 
uh, stories in the Bible that is striking to me. I just never forgot just the way it made me feel thinking about Numbers uh, 14, 13 and 14. And this is when the spies go out and then they come back and they give a report. And, and you have to pay attention to, remember in Joshua, there are times when the Lord is silent, right? He just won't say anything. And when they gave report back, he's not saying anything. But when he finally spoke, it was horrible. It was terrible. Because they had essentially despised this promise that had been awarded to them because of the hardness that they were going to have to deal with. Not considering that the Lord, uh, is it normal for frogs to be coming out of the sky? Is that normal? We part in seas, is that a normal thing that happens every day? No, the Lord had delivered. He brought you out. Come on, man. We're going to be good. This is why Joshua and Caleb are the two oldest cats that make it over there. That's sad. Because there are other individuals that would have been their peers that didn't make it. You realize that, right? The other thing, the last thing of that God's grief concerning that area is not knowing his ways. Listen, there is no excuse for us to not know his ways. I'm telling you what his way is. He loves people and he wants people to be reconciled back to him through his son, Jesus Christ. That's his way. And that's where you find this joy. In Romans 8.1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Note the condition. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See, I'm telling you, I want you to wrestle with your flesh in a way that just says, I don't owe you whatever it is that you are trying to have me do right now, flesh. Whatever it is, it should be war against your flesh in such a way that you just stop letting it get its right. Man, if you want to be here on Tuesday, you know that headache's going to show up about noon. It's not going away. 530, 630, 7, well, the headache, I'm out. I was tired. I went to bed late, so now I can't get up for church. Come on, man. Come on. It's like what we tell our, our children, right? Like we make them go to bed so that they will get up early, right? You have to do that. You have to have the same kind of, to some degree, discipline within yourself to just not let your flesh win. You know the shortcomings of it. You know if you try to read at 10 o'clock, you will be never sleepier, <laughs> never sleepier than that moment. I'm just telling you. So read in the morning because you needed that help during the day so that way you'd have the answer. There's a joy, maybe for some, that is yet undiscovered because you haven't actually followed in the Lord's way, doing it the way that he wants you to do it. Man, I listen, you guys know my story. I've been vulnerable and transparent about being a fellowship leader and all that, whatever. I'm never quitting it. The Lord will just have to kill me doing it. And it's not because I'm fighting him for it. I love doing it. And it's not because I have some kind of platform in this church. I don't need that. Listen, Uncle Dale carries a ton of weight in this place. I can't get anywhere without a hug in the entirety of that building. Praise the Lord. So if the, if the title was the thing, I, I would just hang my hat on that. 
But that's not, it's not good enough. The Lord said, I want you to be fellowship. I want you to lead my people. I want you to be a shepherd, an evangelist. Okay. So guys, I'm asking you, what do you want to be? What do you want to be? Because the Lord has already defined you. He's already given you an identity. And I'm, I'm, your best bet would be to just accept what it is that he said that you are. Ambassador, saint, Christian, witness. In Romans 5.13, it says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Guys, listen, you can ask the Lord to uh, forgive your unbelief. That's not a disqualifier. You think Moses had it all together when he got started? Let me just go back and read it. No, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Is there enough data there for you to just move forward in some amount of faith? Just enough. Guys, if, you, if this is the year you want to be in a Bible study, join. You know the Bible study leaders, you can talk to me and, and, and you know, eventually we'll kind of have that. I, but listen, I want everybody in this class a part of one of them Timothy Bible studies. And then I want you to invite people to them. And then I want to see what God is going to do and if he's going to grow some of you up and now we're going to have to split them. The guys one is already a little too big, but we're going to hang out together for a little while and get coached up. And then I'm going to deploy them because I'm not trying to put my hand on anybody. Why? I, the Holy Spirit is going to separate you for his purpose, right? But we got to get equipped. So don't listen. Whatever thing you have committed to do, continue to do it. Go back, talk to that teacher, have that conversation, whatever. You've been stopping Bible study. Man, just go back. Nobody, there's no, listen, we love you. I'm just glad you're back. You're not going to, you don't have to explain it away. We don't need all that. Just show back up. We're, you know what you're going to get? That's a hug. And then they're going to say, open your Bible to first Timothy chapter three. <laughs> that's, that's all you're going to get, right? If you're coming back to class, listen, you don't have to be ashamed for however long or whatever. Nobody, listen, I'm more concerned. I'm just glad to see you. That's my heart, right? And for some of you just showing up, is literally a first step in true, like, I got to stop my foot because I want to have breakfast right now. And some waffles, not the word. <laughs> you know, I, I, I used to be there. I'm a fellowship leader. I used to be there. There were times at KCBT, brunch sounded way better than going to church. And I took that option. It's shameful. I did that. So listen, I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you got to grow past that point. And so, listen, in conclusion is this. You will have the right walk, the right witness, and the right way when you are truly in the spirit. And when we look back at this chapter, I want you to be paying attention to what's happening. Are these men doing this in the flesh because they have all the knowledge? And just because of the sweetness of you spent time with Jesus, Israel spent time with God. An entire generation wasted away. They saw the coolest stuff that ever happened on earth was with them, the dead ones. You get that, right? 
So listen, it's about being in the spirit. It's about being in the spirit for this chapter. It's gonna be about being in the spirit for us. If we're gonna have kingdom focus and maintain that focus, we gotta be in the spirit. Okay, I love you, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I, I pray that um, we just consider this morning uh, whether or not we're in the spirit, Lord, and just, or we wanna shed off the idea of just kind of being like churchgoers. Lord, we want to actually own the, the titles that, that you've given us, sons of God. Lord, help us to do that. Lord, I am the, the chief clown in here of just, I, I'll not do it. I, I won't want to do it. I, you know, I'll fail in it. And then, and Lord, still your grace, your mercy still just gives opportunity for me to be reestablished. And so, Lord, perhaps some people here just need to consider in their heart, like, they just have to, they, they have, to have a conversation with you. So, Lord, would you just continue to have an open heart that is forgiving, that is merciful, that is gracious and inviting? Lord, thank you for your invitation uh, to get right with you. And so, Lord, I, I pray for those of us that are saved, that we would just consider our walk that we would really challenge and question where we are and that we would just stop showing up just because that's what we've been doing. But that when we come here, Lord, there's an expectation to hear truth, to be a part of something, to be fruitful. Lord, that we would see it as an opportunity, not just another thing to do. Lord, forgive us um, if any of us have had that. And um, Lord, for the lost, Lord, I pray that they would just consider they don't even have a purpose until they get it from you. And so, Lord, would you just do a work in this class? Lord, just continue to knit our hearts together. Lord, I love your people in this class. And I thank you for them. And I thank you um, just for how it challenges me to really um, consider these things in my own life. And so, Father, help me to be the kind of leader that they can follow. And um, Lord, I pray that you would just build up more leaders more, more workers uh, for your work. Well, thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.